Hello everyone, this is Sunny. Welcome to the new episode of the podcast, Technically Yours, where we discuss uh, different things that are happening in the world of technology and how it's affecting your lives. So last weekend, I thought of doing a podcast episode on the Apple launch event because that was the bigger story. But then I wasn't sure if I should do the whole episode on that because that wasn't a lot that happened in that event. So I think this is a better time. In this episode, we're going to talk about the Apple launch event for a bit, but then also discuss about the Amazon Eco event, which was never scheduled before, as in we didn't know about that before. And I think it's a good opportunity to look at both and also compare a lot between different styles. Um, the strategy that Apple is taking with iPhones and Amazon is taking with eco slash alexa so thank you for tuning in and here we go so in this first segment we will talk about the apple event the second segment we will talk about the amazon eco event and the third one would be um, a segment looking at general landmarks of the whole story and where different industries are going smartphones versus smart speakers slash uh, iot internet of things so first of all let's start with apple um so the iphone event iphone launch event um was not really anything super into the news i mean there was no flashy news there was nothing more than that was predicted or made the rounds so if you look at last year what happened was finally it, um iphone went into a new form factor right just not the bigger screens and faster processors but there was a first time that there was um form factor change as in the bezels went away uh, there was a notch uh, it was an edge-to-edge display it was an oled display and that's what now people are getting used to this year which was premium last year is getting used to this year so basically that's where the story is going last year iphone 10 was the premium thing and now it's become as we expected um, the edge to edge thing has now become a standard for all the three models iphone 10 has kind of became 10s there is not a lot of difference right there 10s max is the giant 6.5 screen thing and XR or 10R is at 6.1 inches, um, which is the cheaper one, which is $749. 10S is the same price as 10, so that's about $1,000 starting. And 10S Max starts at 1100 And if you buy the 512 gig model, it can go to 1449 If you add taxes, if you add Apple Care. And if you're in another country with higher um, currency fluctuation, it can as well go to $2,000. So that's the lineup. Everybody expected the screen to change. Um, everybody expected uh, the basic things to not change too much, the internals. And that's what happened. So no big news there. And although, if you look at it in a different way, a lot of it changed. Things have changed in the strategy. So... The number that was growing, like iPhone 5, 6, 7, 8, everybody expected, where is 9? It's off. The whole thing has been discontinued. As they said it last year, iPhone 10 was the kind of game changer, a new premium series, which started at the 10th year of iPhone launch, of the original iPhone launch. And now for they're building on top of the 10. So we don't know. Maybe it's 11 next year. But now in this launch, They've made 10 as a platform, and everything that they made premium with 10 has applied uh, across the models. So, for example, face unlock is across the models. 
camera except the dual camera setting in X10R is across the models. And um, that's about it. There's no big operational functional difference in between X10S or 10s Max, for example, except the size. So they've premiumized the display from 10 to all the models and not a lot of changes in terms of um, functionality and operation. But then again, it was expected because it was the S year. It wasn't the um, new cycle year, which might happen next year. So let's see what happens next year. Till then, I think a bigger shift that is being happening is in the way that they're positioning in terms of, look at last year. Last year, people did not think about the $1,000 phone. Now, last year, Apple made it common to have a $1,000 phone. That appeared premium. Anybody who wanted premium will spend $1,000. What about this year? Now 10s Max looks premium. How much is that? $1,100. Before 10, the 8 Plus was the premium model. Let's say that was like 850. So 850 to 1,000 to 1,100. Basically, what Apple is doing is each and every year, it's pushing the bar up and pushing the dollar price up for its premium model. And why is it doing so? Amongst other reasons, the very important reason is that the smartphone market in general has been um, saturated, or let's say matured at least, if not saturated. It's saturated in the developed countries, in the developing countries, it's not saturated, but there's a lot of competition. So on a whole, it's a pretty matured market. If you look at the last quarter, the Apple results, the iPhone revenue went up by 17%, but the unit growth was just 1%. The number of iPhone units sold per year in year was just 1%. I mean, anything till plus or minus 2%, I would say flat. So basically, unit growth was flat. They aren't selling more iPhones than before. How did the growth happen? So the 17% growth that they recorded, 1% was the unit sold and 16% was the average revenue per device or the average selling price. So they bumped up the average selling price of an iPhone by almost $100 to, I think, $650. And now what they're doing is each and every year, they realize that they have a brand power, they have a moat around the software integration with the hardware, and they have a dominant position, and the market is maturing, and until something next happens, they got to milk it as much as they can. So they're increasing the prices of the premium models to make sure that they keep growing as far as the market matures and doesn't start declining because it's also a very important thing. Like if you look long term, anything that uh, goes to maturity, there is it's like an industry waiting for disruption, right? Like if new device comes up tomorrow and smartphones suddenly aren't that important, um, smartphones are not going away and will not go away, but the willingness of people to pay for the premium phones might go down. So, for example, if tomorrow smart glasses are a thing, and in case, let's say, Apple is not the pioneer, which is difficult to believe that they will not come up with something, but for example, if, say, some other company comes up, let's say Samsung or Google comes up, and they become the norm, uh, people will still buy smartphones, but they might not want to upgrade every single year because they'll be pretty... Uh, satisfied with what they're getting. And so, again, coming back, what I'm thinking here is this is what Apple is doing, pushing up the bar to milk as much as of the mature market they can by pushing up the prices for its premium model. At the same time, they're 
10R sounds like the C or SE version, which is like a cheaper version. Um, they also are continuing to sell the iPhone 7, the iPhone 8, and you can buy, of course, 10R. So their price points actually are very, very diverse now than they've ever been before. So although they're pushing the highest end, um, the highest end of the premium market, they're also realizing that one other side of the business that has been growing a lot, and if you see like the device sales as the market matures, the device sales might not pick up a lot, which they're not picking up, but the more number of users they're getting, the higher subscription and service revenues they're getting. The people are keeping the same phones for longer because they're better phones now, but they're still buying apps on the App Store, for example. They're still paying um, more for Apple Music every month, for example. So all these subscription services, all the service revenue that Apple gets, subscription revenues it gets, it's um, realizing the fact that they need more install base, as in more user base, uh, to bump that up. So again, at the same time that they're pushing up the price for the premium model, they're also having a more diverse line than ever before. Like if you're having a $600 budget, um, you don't actually have to go back and buy a three-year-old phone. Uh, you can actually have a new choice now for 750 to buy 10R, uh, which is basically a new phone, which um, comes with almost every same thing performance-wise. It's just not such a good display. Some people would say terrible display compared to like the display of 10R is basically the same as, in terms of resolution at least, is the same as what iPhone 4 had from 2010. So... Again, I think Apple could have done better with display than that, but they wanted to maintain a differentiation where people might go to the store for 10R and then realize that 10S and 10S Max are much better and then end up with that. So the strategy basically has been working out the last two three years. I think um, actually since Tim Cook came in, um, it's not that they're announcing something totally out of the blue revolutionary, but his business mind is really working very strong at understanding the market, milking the market, providing a device to different areas and addressing a wider population gamut in the market and building up a service revenue stream, building up a subscriber base. And that's what Tim Cook is doing. And till this market matures, I think iPhone will continue to rule it. It's not having a lot of competition yet um, on its, I mean, there's a lot of competition in developing countries but not a lot of competition in the premium phone market as Samsung is still not pulling the levers on um, revolutionary updates as well. So that was my take on the whole thing uh, where there's an increased gap between devices but providing um, more options and still pushing the bar on the highest selling thing and that may be the story on iPhone end for coming a year or two years or three years it's been going on since more than for more than people expected you know like the practice of not really revolutionizing but just up marketing and upselling has been going on for long and the more people are using phones they're ready to pay higher price so maybe this will continue to be the not so exciting but still you know like predictable boring but great journey of generating revenues and profits from iphone for the next two three years at least Till some other product comes up and disrupts the smartphone market. Okay, so let's go on to the next segment now.
So let's talk about Amazon's eco event in this segment. First of all, you might be thinking, if you haven't watched the uh, news or the event yet, that what are you talking about? And you're not at fault. It's not something that you should have or could have known because it's it was a surprise. Now, the whole event in many ways was, in many respects, was the polar opposite of the Apple's usually project launch strategy, right? So Apple builds the whole suspense up the surprise up and then the event happens in the huge gallery like that the whole uh, this whole stadium with giant screens and magnified effects and big people artists and contributors telling the story starting with emotional stories you know like you know all that but now, now, if you look at the Apple event, and then now if you look at the Amazon's eco event, they I basically read the news that morning that they have a surprise event scheduled that afternoon where they would launch products. And the event was somewhere. People could not necessarily make it where it was. It was, I guess, only the press uh, made it. And the whole event, they announced 15 Alexa-enabled products, and it was less than 19 minutes. Yes, less than 90 minutes. So, less than six minutes of product. They ran through it, no storylines, no why the product will change the world, no, like, description and minute detail about every product used. Like, that's not what Amazon is going for. That's not what it is. It's clean and dirty, this is what the product is. This is what it does. This is what it costs. This is when it be available. Next product. This is what the product is. This is what it does. This is what it costs. And this is when it will be available. That's it. So clean and dirty. And by the people who've actually, I guess, um, were responsible for making and leading those products. And now let's get to the products. There are many products. We will not talk individually about all the products. But we will walk through a little bit about what all was released, uh, talk a little bit about what was new, and then come back to the strategy of what Amazon or Alexa is trying to do, or Amazon is trying to do with Alexa. So looking at the products, of course, uh, it was an eco event. So they launched an updated version of the eco devices, which is eco dot, eco plus, eco show. Uh, so there's a set of eco devices and then a set of eco enabled devices or Alexa enabled devices. So Eco Dot was um, came with a better speaker, same price, more sound, clear sound. One thing that they did very important on the design side is they have kind of taken inspiration from Google Home and added the fabric. And now if you look at before, it was too plasticky. It was less personal, less elegant. It was uh, like a plastic cylinder sitting on your top of your desk now it has a fabric it is a more elegant form to handle to keep or to be a part of your room which is also a matte finish versus shining um, piece of plastic or metal that you see so that looks much better same price eco plus eco show the updated things nothing too out of the blue let's talk about the eco enabled or alexa enabled devices so they launched a microwave they talked about how the design or at least the form factor or the way it functions has not changed since 1980s 1970s so this is their shot at starting to 
think about how to do it different. The user interface has not changed in a long time. You still push those buttons. You still select the mode. I mean, to be fair, it's so simple that it doesn't need a lot of um, course correction. I mean, there's a lot, not a lot of frustration in using a microwave, for example, versus the industries that we see a lot of progress going on are the ones which have a lot of frustrating customer points still waiting to happen. So, again, uh, this is just an example, though. Then they went into the auto market now. They've started eco-auto. When I say auto market, doesn't mean they're doing stuff that Apple is always rumored to do in the electronic car market, but just like providing connectivity. So Android has Android Auto. Apple has its own. Um, every different company is now siding with a platform. At the same time, Eco is just going with Eco Auto, which will pair with your Eco at your home, which will pair with your other Eco-enabled devices, and which will also, by the way, now follow you into the car. So that's their way of extending into the connectivity while you're on the go. Next was a smart plug. This could be, I think, a game changer in terms of, for for example, there's a plug and there is no way to program a plug right now. And that smart plug, which they have, is basically connected to the internet and it can be controlled through your Lixa. So if I have yet to see a full demo on how it works and check, I would love to check it out in person, but if it works the way it works and continues to expand its capabilities, basically you can control any device through it. You can basically control um, the connectivity to that device through the Amazon Smart Plug. So I would love to try it on myself and um, check it out more. But that could be really a $25 product, but could do a lot of things. Wall clock, uh, I would say just not a big thing. I mean... It's pretty, what do you call it, silly, or <laughs> uh, it's it's a good concept, but it's not an important thing we're talking about here in terms of um, just adjusting to daylight savings or setting alarms, you know. But sure, why not? Alexa Guard. Now, this uh, securities camera market is what Amazon has been kind of uh, trying to get into already so especially because they make deliveries through amazon.com this can also pair well with that so it not just secures your house lets you view what's going on but also when a package is delivered it can also have uh, further functionalities with what to do with that package for example to interact with the deliverable like the guy who's delivering and tell him what to do with the screen so could be more things coming on that fire tv there was a recast um product announced and where you can actually record the shows added the dvr capability uh then they sh- uh, showed an audio equipment and then there were other integration with third-party devices that were announced and new capabilities new skills and other things that were announced so that was the basic range of things and products announced so first of all e- eco devices and then eco slash alexa enabled devices now let's take a step back let's take a step back from this event and talk about what is going on in the whole team where is alexa going now alexa is one of the very 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 as i believe game changing things that are happening in the journey of amazon we may not realize it now many people have but yet not fully like this 
may turn out to be the next AWS. I mean, advertising is now the next AWS, but just as AWS was a big thing and advertising is now becoming a big, big thing, I guess five years from now, Alexa could be becoming the next big thing of driving the whole valuation of Amazon forward. And as Jeff Bezos often says, <laughs> he's actively usually never even thinking about the current quarter, but actually three or five years out, there is a quarter being made right now, which would not exist if he's not doing something that he's doing right now. So I think he's very focused on operations in India. Other thing that I don't know of, of course, that we will know with time and Alexa. So Alexa could be the way we interact in the world with anything and everything that's all. Like For example, now we have smartphones. Over time, with the thing that's going on with various industries that are leading to Internet of Things, the 5G will be coming. Um, semiconductors, as we know, are becoming cheaper every single year. Connectivity is increasing. Um, and smartphones are now ubiquitous. It's everywhere. And with more control and more ease of connectivity, Internet of Things would continue to grow and sometime hopefully accelerate further exponentially. So in that world, we need a way to connect to everything. We need a way. We don't need 100 apps for 100 IoT products in your house, right? So, for example, if a new company comes up with a new concept of a bulb that may play disco lights, that may play yellow lights, that may play stagnant light, and they offer you an app to control that. So the bulb itself is connected to the Internet. It is also connected to your app, and you can control it via wherever you want to control it in whatever ways you want to control it. But now think that that's cool. But what about if you have 200 products in your house and work and everything that you deal with and you don't really want 200 apps. Now you want some way to connect with them, some platform to enable an easy connection to integrate with them. So that is what Alexa is growing into. That's my belief. Um, Again, of course, I don't know the technicalities. Of, they might be actually targeting a, a higher market than what I think. But even what I'm thinking is a huge market. So they are super, super early in this compared to the other companies that we have known about. And they're doing all the right moves. They are integrating with more and more providers. Uh, more and more third-party devices are now becoming... Alexa integrated. So rather than developing their own system of how to talk between devices and how to work, they find it easy to work with Amazon and just integrate with Alexa. They find it easy to have a higher user base because people are already using Alexa, so they are easy, um, easily convinced to buy this product because they think this is an Alexa-enabled. You know where this going. Like the vision of Amazon with Eco could be to use Eco as just a hardware, but the story is to sell Alexa. The story is to sell an Internet of Things OS. A story is to sell a way to build a part of a life, of a smart, connected life of a person that they cannot exist without. Like there would be, once you get Eco, once you get enough devices that are uh, integrated with Eco, with Alexa, it will be very difficult for you to move. It will be very difficult for you to change the whole system unless all of those devices are equally simply also working with Google Home, for example, and maybe Apple. But Apple, whatever it's doing with the HomeKit, I think is getting left behind. 
I mean, they're also doing a lot of things, but the speed, the speed at which Amazon has come at it with Eco and now it's going ahead with Alexa is unparalleled. I mean, this may be because that Amazon um, tells us everything it does. Apple does not till something happens, a breakthrough happens, and then they come up with it. But in general, Amazon is going at it at a breakneck pace, breakneck pace, and Alexa could be becoming the thing of tomorrow as big as Android is today or iOS is today or Windows Office is today. So it's if you look at Windows in a way, in a certain light of it, like what it does, it's, it connects all the apps, the browsers, the connectivity, the devices with um, all in one place and Again, it's a very, very broad version than that. But what I'm saying is it's the enabler for you to reach out to other Internet services. If you look at it that light, Alexa, through Eco, is reaching out to many different things in the life that it's going to be. So there's no wonder that they continue to discount Alexa, like Eco devices, and uh, this Thanksgiving holiday season, you'll again see sales on those devices. It's not that they're not getting better they're actually getting better at a breakneck pace it's just that amazon's vision is not to make uh, money on the product like apple does and i think that's where the winner of tomorrow might be very different from the winner of today Um, the money made on the devices itself might soon not mean as much if there are a lot of devices that we're using smartphone could be a gateway to all of them but still um, there could be a lot more to spend on, a lot more devices, and Alexa could be the way to connect them. So I think this was the brief roundup and very specific way to look at where Amazon is going with Alexa. And as you can see, this event just took it further. And by the style of it, you can tell Amazon is so different from Apple. Apple focuses its its bottom line, its motto is focus, 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 and design and perfection. So Apple just releases like absolutely sure that if it's absolutely sure that a product is right, it releases that very select number of products, very select number of markets, and it does great at it. Versus Amazon, as you can tell from this uh, and from many other examples, it just just innovates and tries to explore countless number of things at a breakneck pace it just goes after everything see what sticks collects the feedback very quickly and innovates accordingly it may shut off for example out of these 15 many products might not be in the market even in some months from now some years from now uh, for example the clock i don't know or it could become a thing maybe clock would become a thing that could enable a time-based integration with everything else maybe you could say um eco do this after some time uh, like some action to microwave or something else and maybe the eco order goes to the clock and clock manages other things so it could become something big i'm sure they didn't just release a silly product for the sake of it but what i'm trying to say is amazon is known to go in thousand directions just go at it if there is something worth it they will try it they're not afraid of failure They'll go after it, see what sticks, and go from there. So that's the big shift. And, I mean, it's not a shift, but it's a big difference. It's always been between Amazon and Apple, the way they work. So let's go to the last segment now, uh, where we'll talk a little bit more about the different way they're approaching this and the market itself are acting. 
So in both the segments when we talked about the Apple event and Amazon event, I guess in the format form, we in both segments we covered their events first, their products next, and then we took a step back and looked at the bigger picture and their strategy. So by the end of the last segment, I hope it was already clear how they were both acting differently and nothing new there. They've always been acting differently. They have very different approaches to very different markets. It's just that now they're getting into some each other's field and maybe they both realize this and maybe they don't. Of course, they both have smart minds enough to realize it, but sometimes it could go unnoticed and till it's late. So I hope... Or, I mean, I don't really (laughs) necessarily hope one wins or the other, but I hope both win. And Amazon is the one getting into what the future market could be. And I hope uh, Apple is realizing this, but again, it might well be, but it's just not known because Apple discloses something when it's really achieved some level of maturity. So, as I said, it's already discussed what the company approaches are. Now, in this segment, let's take a step back on the whole about the industries and I guess it's already clear but let's talk about a minute about how different the industries themselves are so in many ways just like Apple and Amazon events the launch events for iPhone and Eco were polar opposites I think in many respects you could say the smartphone market and Internet of Things market is also polar opposite I mean when I may say polar it's a little bit of exaggeration it's not like opposite opposite but they're at a very, very different stages of their evolution. So smartphones came here 10 years back. They've been getting better, so much better. Their cameras, their display, their speed, processing power, um, except battery. Battery hasn't improved that a lot. But except battery, a lot of things have been get, getting better a lot. And now we've reached that point. It's not saying that smartphones cannot keep innovating for like 20, 30 more years. I mean look at TVs, they've been improving themselves for so long, why should smartphone be assumed to not improve after 10 years? Of course, there is more that can be done. For example, primary pain points being battery life. Um, We need to wait in advances for that. Second thing could be a different mechanism of display or a different uh, mechanism of input and output so that we're not confined to a screen third thing could be connectivity much better than you don't need to be on data or wi-fi but much more ubiquitous and natural embedded connectivity with your thoughts and evolution of smartphones so a lot of things could happen and maybe smartphones can actually accelerate sometime uh, their innovation and take it to the next 10 years it could happen but what we're seeing now is at least that the big players are doing more evolutionary upgrades They've reached a point where either they're not able to revolutionize a lot or they're complacent or they have sleeves, things up their sleeves and they're waiting for their competitive landscape to do it before they do it themselves. Until then, they're achieving a higher gross margin. It could be anything. But what we see now is that the industry, in terms of not only its evolution, but, I mean, they're connected, its evolution and also the device sells. So if you see, for example, the um, improvements being dramatic, of course, a lot of people with older phones would want new phones and the sales would go up again. 
Uh, it's like just like the PC market that saw growth last year and last through last year, driven by the innovations in the notebook market and the laptop markets and the two-in-one tablets. It could happen to that in smartphones. But what we're seeing now is uh, stability in terms of maturity in the existing markets and a lot of competition driving down the price in the developing market. Now, the whole premise is increasing rates, selling prices, and brand power, which comes through marketing, storytelling, integration, versus actual unit sales. That's where it is now. Now, if you compare that with the Internet of Things market, it's not even started. It's not even taken off, and it's not even started. So a very big game changer in the whole Internet of Things market was the smart speaker. And you have to give Amazon a giant credit in terms of taking a giant leap with when it first announced Eco and the Alexa platform. So if you've heard about the story, Amazon, when it started AWS, Amazon Web Services in 2010 or something, Bezos has openly said that it was a miracle that for the next seven years, there was no other competitor. He can't even come up with reasons. He says, I don't know. It's just a miracle that for some reason, we did not have any competitors, even in the competitors from the market that were existing that should have done it. And they had such a big head start as a reason. And they kept working day and night on that seven years to develop that edge further and further before the competition came in. In this case, again, it was the leader. It took Google Home, Google, who is who operates Android, who, who already has a Google Assistant, which is much better than any other assistant out there, and who is much better at algorithmic processing and connectivity, should have done it before Amazon. But even they kind of lagged and probably started working on it after looking at the eco. And after that, they realized that this could really break their market. And then after two years, we see a Google Home product making into the way. We now, just last year, saw Apple coming into the market and coming with HomePod. But it's not even... The, the reason why it's coming to the market is not providing smart services, it's pr uh, providing a better sound. So it's a totally different strategy. It's a totally different approach. It's not going to change your um, connectivity and smart assistance problem. That is something that still Amazon and Google are in the game of. Now, Samsung is releasing its own devices. Alibaba has its own smart speaker. Facebook even was called about uh, about to release its smart speaker late last year. Again, of course, after the whole Cambridge Analytica scandal, the public trust took a setback, and supposedly because of that, they canceled or delayed or postponed the project because I guess a lot of people would not have been comfortable with having Facebook speakers in their home after all they heard, and probably they're waiting for a better time to get into it again. But the point being, Amazon was the leader in this market, even though they were not supposed to be in the market even. They were not even supposed to be anywhere in the market. So they have a lead. Uh, Alexa skills are industry-leading. Google is working hard to catch up to them. But Apple is way behind on that, as far as we know, publicly. Um, so very different industries. Smartphone is maturing, not innovating enough but still has a stable uh, price-induced help. Versus Internet of Things and the speaker market, 
price actually undercut. No company selling a smart speaker is necessarily making money out of smart speakers. It's the total opposite where devices are just a way to deliver services and those services, be it the smart assistance, be it the connectivity through smart assistance to different things, is the selling point, not the device itself. And hence, products are being sold at less and the better connections and better services are being sold. Um, and that's the pitch. So it will see tons of innovation in years to come, just as Amazon is doing, Google is doing. There would be, who knows, there would be uh, the next 10 or $100 billion company that comes up in connectivity or security or transcription or a new platform or OS that becomes common in IoT devices. So that is an industry which is still unpredictable because it's in such a nascent stage, but Amazon is clearly leading it, and Google is the one with the whole firepower of actually catching up and beating him or meeting him. But Apple seems a little bit behind there, at least from what we know. So very different industries. It's just interesting to see how they're functioning, Apple being the perfection guy working in the mature industry, Amazon being the notorious going at it with all the resources and smarts on the things that are being disrupted and seeing what it sticks. And maybe it could be as well that smartphone industry in the way that people want to pay for doesn't interest people as much. And the IoT takes up, the different devices that are connected to internet take up a lot more time and attention and hence the money of consumers' pockets than the smartphones. And because Amazon is leading it, Amazon has much better data and much better connectivity with every device people are interested in. So maybe five years from now, Amazon becomes the company with a higher mode than Apple is today. And I'm sure people at all the three companies are thinking about this. And it's just interesting to see where this is. And this episode, I hope, gave you a little bit more idea about both the uh, event launches, both the product launches, and where I think both strategies differ, where they're very unique, Apple strategy and Amazon strategy. And in this segment, I hope I give you some idea about very different industries, how to compare those industries, how different players might actually uh, address those industries. There's a reason why Apple, by its philosophy, does well in a matured market, for example. And there's a reason why a company like Amazon does best at an evolutionary sorry, revolutionary market, for example. So I just find it interesting. I hope you did, and I hope you would also follow the journey. If there is any other update, we will follow up with the next episode. Till then, if you feel like you liked the episode, definitely recommend it to your friends and subscribe to the podcast, leave a great review. And if you have any other suggestions or questions or um, for topics that you'd like me to talk about, Get in touch with anywhere on social media or on my website, which is www.sunnygoklani.com, from where you can get all my social links and connect and comment on anywhere you want. So thank you for listening. Hope this was helpful. Hope I gave you something to think about. And have a great week. Thank you.